What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that like Stockton. Just joshing. I'ma spend this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. Sports in the top ten. I can put the ball in the end zone, put a bad bitch in the friend zone. Hello, and thank you for joining us on Building Greatness, The Warrior Way, a Westcliff University Athletics podcast. As always, I'm joined by our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yay, yay. And I'm Sherm Dog, David Shermet, the head baseball coach at Westcliff University. And today, again, a very special podcast because we are welcoming back one of our previous stars, and that is is Dan Mara. Dan joined us back in September and we wanted to have him back on because so much has happened between then and now. For those of you who missed the original podcast back in September, let me refresh your memory a little bit about Dan in particular. He is in four halls of fame. In no particular order, he is in the Connecticut Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, the Mitchell College Athletic Hall of Fame, the New England Basketball Hall of Fame, the NJCAA Basketball Hall of Fame. Among other things, he he has so many things on his plate and he wears so many hats. Uh, he is uh, also um, working now, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, with lacrosse. He is uh, also working in sprint football, which we're going to talk about and, of course, the Central Athletic Collegiate Conference Commissioner. Dan, welcome back. Good to have you back with us. Thank you, Coach. Great to be back with you and Sean. Always a pleasure to have you on, and I was very excited when I heard that you were coming back because there were a few things we missed the first time around, and so we, uh, we need to touch on some things. First of all, what have you been doing in the last three months? Uh, and I would imagine a lot of it has to do with the pandemic. Um, what, so what, what's your focus at this point? Yeah, it's all it's all been pandemic related, I would say, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've been trying to work through what type of season we can have in the CACC in basketball and volleyball, what we're going to do with uh, soccer and cross country, which we lost in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what, what does the spring look like um, going through all sorts of testing options? As you may know, the NCAA has mandated a lot of testing uh, basketball three times a week. And all the officials have to be tested three times a week, and somebody's got to pay for that. So we're trying to figure figure that out. There's there's a, a lot of moving parts with this, and uh, mm-hmm. of course the spring football league is in the same situation. They they didn't play in the fall. Uh, some of those schools are looking at playing in the spring. The Ivies can't. There's two Ivy League schools in the CSFL, and they they can't participate in the spring. But the military academies, Army and Navy, can. Some of the D2s want to. So we we're just trying to put together. W- who, who can do what at this point? It's always a snapshot in time, you know, but who can do what at this point and how can we provide a meaningful experience for the student athletes in the spring if, if, and keep it safe? That's really hmm. the key, hmm. key to everything. So, so, it's, so that's, and the, you know, and the officials are a big worry for us. I, don't, I know that doesn't get discussed very often, but you know, some of them are older. Uh, they're doing other jobs. They come in they're They could be tired, fatigued and susceptible. Uh, so, you know, they have to be tested and we have to be certain that they're healthy as well. So a lot, a lot of things going on with the pandemic that I don't think any of us can train for. Right. And uh, I was going to joke and say, OK, so you're not so busy this week. <laughs> but but and, you know, it's also hard to plan. I, there, Do you think there are things coming along that we haven't thought of yet? Because you make a great point about the officials. We we seem to worry about the athletes and the university and the students, but there's that one aspect that we don't think of as the officials also have to be tested. And I'm, I'm sure there's something we haven't thought of that might happen as this all continues to roll out. Yeah. So, so what do you, I, I, do you have a, it's hard to say, you know, what's your anticipatory plan? I mean, do you think that, um, you know, I, I remember that, fall sports got all pushed back into the spring. Uh, Soccer is a fall sport as an example. And and a lot of fall sports here had gotten pushed into the spring, but now the fall sports are being canceled. And so the focus is becoming on winter sports and spring sports. Um, I I don't even know where to start with all of this. I mean, what do you address first? What is your first and foremost thing? Well, first, I need to correct you on something. You said that planning is difficult. Planning is very easy. We've we've made 100 plans. Since, oh, okay. since March, okay. none of them have been implemented because you know <laughs> th- things have changed. But we've we've been planning. Uh, I, we've made so many plans; it's it's incredible. We mm-hmm. could fill a book, but um, we just 
we just need to be nimble. You need to realize that what the world looks like today is might not be what it looks like tomorrow and that everything that seemed like a the way to go forward today, tomorrow might seem like a really bad move. So, um, you know, we, just, we need to be alert. The NCAA has done a great job in keeping everyone posted. Uh, you know, they've got their own team that uh, of experts that we re- get a report from every two weeks. Uh, that So I think we know what we're pretty solid in terms of what's going on with the pandemic. And we know what our campuses are capable of. And it's a, it's a matter of merging the two of what's going on with the, with the virus and what, what our schools can do and is it viable to move forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of our, like for basketball, we have seven, we have 14 schools in basketball, seven have opted out. Wow. They're, they're not, they're not going to participate. Um, huh. Part of it was because we have four schools in Philadelphia and the city of Philadelphia mandated daily testing. Oh, oh, that's wow. Okay. That, so is that the antigen test or that's PCR? It could be either one. Could be either could one. Be either one. Uh, but it but it's daily. And um, and you also had to test the visiting team upon arrival. So it just yeah. became yeah. it became cost yeah. prohibitive. Yeah, that's that's really mm-hmm. tough to do that. Yeah. It, you know, Dan, you know, if Westcliff had a Hall of Fame, you would be in it, of course. So we'll add you to ours and whenever we get it up, but yes. So when is that going to happen? Uh, probably when you leave coach, but, <laughs> but that's another story. Oh, hopefully not for a while. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm teasing coach, but no, Dan, I got a really, really serious question because you know, you're in a tough position for me looking from the outside and because you deal with uh, all the presidents and, you know, uh, in your conference, I only have to deal with one. You know, so, so yeah. you know, it, it's tough getting a buy-in from every university that's in your in your conference. But um, it seems like you're doing a great job of getting that. Like, how do you maneuver um, in in that space, trying to figure it out? Um, you know, because you talked about being nimble, and I agree wholeheartedly. But we know everyone is not as nimble <laughs> as they could be. You know, depending on you know their region, and you're actually on the East Coast and you go through a real winter, you know, we don't in California. I mean, it's, it's pretty much like a brisk wind of, of fall compared to what you go through in a winter scenario. So you really having um, flu and, you know, some of the other things that is not as rampant as it would be in California for us in this great weather. So how have you been able to maneuver all your presidents in the same direction? Um, well, you know, my job is to provide them with good information. So that so they have the ability to, to make good decisions, and we're blessed that our presidents are very student athlete centered, and I, so when we provide them with the latest information and what the possibilities are, they usually make a pretty sound decision, you know, and they they tend to act in what's in the best interest of the conference. Uh, one thing we've had to do in this situation is remove the vote what what we're going to do in terms of majority vote because they determined early on that the presidents who didn't want to participate in a sport would not stop those who did want to participate from playing. Gotcha. So, so we, we, we don't have a, a conference-wide vote on that. We just say, well, this is our plan for sport X. What do you think? Are you in? You know, and sometimes, sometimes we get a sermon or two on the calls, you know, the Zoom calls where people have a strong opinion one way or the other, but they, they're not, they don't force their views on, on others. And, my job is just to, you know, keep a good dialogue open with each one of the presidents, and I think I've been able to do that. Um, provide them with, with with the best possible information, uh, answer their questions, and be certain that they that they meet regularly, uh, because that that collegiality is an important part of their their ability to work together and 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 make make good decisions uh, that that they trust one another. Uh, I, th- I think we we've got a solid group, but. You know, it, sometimes it's like herding cats, right? You know, just trying to get get them all going in the same direction. But um, so far, so good. So far, so good. And no, I've been here. 15, I've been here fifteen years doing this. Right, right. No, I mean, you, you you're definitely uh, the role model for all of us who are aspiring to continue to move up the the ladder. You know, I I happen to believe that I got one of the best you know presidents in the country, but. When I listen to the other uh, presidents in in our conference, you know I can really tell you it can go left real quick um, with their opinions, and 
ideology and everything else that they bring to the table. So I was just real curious how you've been able to do it so effectively for, for so long. I think an important thing you have to realize is that athletics is in a different place in the pecking order in each institution. You know, some places it's very, very important, whether it be because it, it helps to drive enrollment and revenue. Other places it may not may not be that important. Some some schools it's important for the publicity that it generates and the alumni engagement. So there's all different reasons why people have interest in sports. There's there's schools that, that think that the sun rises and sets on a particular sport, and there's others who say, hey, they're all the same. You know. Gotcha. So it, and I think you just have to understand. You have to you have to acquire that knowledge in discussions with the presidents and the ads. And so then you, you have a different way of dealing with each school. Well, I definitely have a baseball coach who, who believes that <laughs> the sun really rises and falls on baseball. I, I don't know who that guy is, but I think he may be on this call. Uh, <laughs> he goes by Sherm Dog on the podcast, <laughs> but, but, but David on, on the diamond. But um, Dave, um, you know, what, what's some of your, your, your views on this pandemic individually as a coach? Um, that you feel like you've been challenged with just from a personal um, standpoint? Well, yeah, you know, it's it's hard to know what to do because every day seems like it could, whatever could happen would change on on, on a second. Um, you know, as you know, uh, we don't play as many games this year. And then one of our conference opponents opted out. And uh, I get an email uh, early this morning from our arbiter who's in charge of the umpires. Oh, gosh, got to make sure I stay in touch with him to let him know what our schedule is because it's constantly changing. Staying in touch with the people at the Great Park because I want to make sure that if we extend, as we did here in California, our stay-at-home order, does that mean the Great Park opens or do they close? Do we have a place to practice and play or not, depending on what our governor says? Um, being, We're trying to be proactive in a reactive world because the decisions aren't necessarily ours. So if it was up to us, yeah, we would play our regular 50-game schedule and we would go, uh, things would be, uh, operating as normal. But in reality, that's not the way it is. And I'm I'm just waiting every day for the next announcement. What is it going to be today? Is it going to be something, <clears throat> pardon me, where we have to just jump into action and, and put a plan into effect right now and make it happen today? Uh, or, and, and, you know, this is a supposedly a slow time of the year, the week between Christmas and New Year. But no, you know, we, we're still recruiting. <clears throat> pardon me, struggling a little bit this morning. We're still recruiting. That's we're still morning, operating. Dave. Don't worry about it. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and so it, it's just, it's hard to know what to do because we've never faced this. Um, and, you know, Dan, I, I want to ask you, you, you mentioned that half of your teams have opted out. Half of your schools have opted out of certain sports. Um, are there schools and um, athletic departments in your conference, the CACC, that carry more weight than others because of their history or their coach or, or those schools that opted out, do they get a vote in anything? Or, I mean, do they still have a say? Or, hey, you know what? You've made your decision. We're going to deal with the other seven schools that are still in it. How do you handle that? Well, we, they still have a vote. They paid their dues. So they, they have the ability to vote on, on any issue that comes up. Uh, they, they have made a gentleman's agreement that if you're not participating in a certain sport, that, that you will recuse yourself and, and not vote. Um, but but they're all allowed to vote. Uh, in terms of there being a, a lead dog, not so much. Um, and it really comes down to with the various groups, because we've got all kinds of constituencies that meet, whether it be the presidents, the athletic directors, senior women's administrators, direct reports, which is that person who might be a dean or a vice president who's between the AD and the president, uh, you know, the athletic trainers, all those groups meet um, and they have a, a chair. And usually the whoever is the chair of that is uh, probably a, a strong person. Um, and they may direct that group in one particular direction. But in terms of overall, I would say no. They're, they're, all, they're all pretty equal. And they, I think they all have good respect for one another. Um, and one reason for that is we're very homogeneous grouping. We're small privates. Um, you know, we, a lot of them, nine of them are faith-based. Uh, so there's really not a lot of difference campus to campus. So philosophically, they're in line. So I think that that respect that they have, no one necessarily uh, perceives themselves as better than the others. Okay. Uh, 
we did actually have that with one president and uh, they shunned him. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Yeah. He, so, was, he, was, he was actually treasurer. He was treasurer of the president's council. Hmm. Started to think he was a little more important than he was, and they voted him out in the middle of his term as, as, as treasurer. So Okay. So um, that's pretty interesting, actually. I mean, it makes sense to me. I mean, you know, this doesn't happen without great teamwork. I mean, for me, I had to take a couple steps back personally because, you know, I spent eight years in Marine Corps, so it's always hurry up and wait, change, change, change. So for me making these adjustments is just business. It's just how we go about things. But I found out it's a lot of people who are more resistant to change than I am. So I just had to kind of just let the the boats kind of sail by and then I just hitch a ride because for me, it's like the best roller coaster ever. I mean, I enjoy coming into work every day, dealing with different things um, that's unique to what we do and just see how uh, good we are and how great our training is, right? Um, but some people don't look at it like that. They want to have it uh, more regimented every day. And, and I can do that as well. I guess I'm just flexible. But I've noticed that a lot of my fellow uh, ADs are not as flexible or they don't stay ready so they don't have to get ready. So the mentality is a little different. So um, I, I didn't want to buck the group. But for me, it's just like, hey, strap on your seatbelt and let's try to make this thing happen. But everyone doesn't have that approach so, you know, Dan, when you run across ADs a little more resistant to change, um, do you allow the ADs to kind of will that person in or you kind of just lay the railroad tracks and, and allow that train to either run them, run them over <laughs> or, or or let them get out the way? How, how, does, how does that work for you? Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've had to let some people get run over. You know, you, you, you try to give them your, your best counsel and let them know what direction they're headed in and that perhaps that could have a negative impact on how the rest of a particular group feels. But sometimes they, they're so convinced they're the smartest person in the room that they, they, they make some mistakes. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult. We've had people who wanted to have us to have a plan in at the end of March last year. So we need to have a plan for what we're going to do for the rest of the year. We need to know what, what we're going to do in, in 2021. I said, we have no idea what we're going to be doing. But, you know, we, in order to placate, we put together plans, realizing that the plans we were putting together in April probably were not going to ever have any impact on what we actually, what actually took place. So it's, hmm. it's tough. And, uh, you know, the ADs, for the most part, they're competitive people, right? They, they got into athletics for a reason. They like to Absolutely. win. <laughs> so I'm ready to win now. I mean, we, we <laughs> so, just took – yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah, Dan, absolutely. So, but when you get 14 of those people, uh, alpha males and females in a group, that you're yeah. gonna have you're gonna have some people who are gonna have negative interactions with one another because they they really want they want to win. That's what they've been brought up. So, you, there needs to be a, a re-educating of them in terms of how a conference works. That a yeah. conference only works if the greater good is considered that if, if it's just what's best for you and your institution, the conference won't work because we'll have 14 different ways to do business in the All state. Right. All right. Hey, Dan, let me ask you very quickly. Do the athletic directors work for you or do you work for them? Or we work together. A- we work together. It, it, depends, it depends on who you ask. I work for the presidents. Right. Okay. Work, uh, um, the, the ADs, would I guess technically be under me in the, in the pecking order. Uh, but I don't think I can get anything done that way. Sure. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we work, we work as a team, you know, I mean, I, I, I've got a certain level of responsibility that they don't have, but I, I don't, I don't have a vote when they meet, you know, so I, I don't have the ability to go into a meeting and say, this is what we're going to do. I can tell them what I think we should do and, and try to convince them it's the right thing to do with it. They, they will still have a vote. And hmm. okay. so. do you, do you feel like a, a referee sometimes? Often. Yeah. Yes. It, it, it sounds like it because you yeah. could, you could be caught um, in between contrasting views between ADs or universities or presidents. Yeah. And oftentimes do you find that a president and their AD differ on the point of view? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Particularly in the, in this, in the pandemic where presidents, I think have uh, been more likely to err on the side of caution sure. where an, a- an athletic director has really 
maybe had put on those rose-colored glasses because they really want to compete. Uh, so yeah, I would say I would say there's been there's been situations like that. Yeah, sports are looked at so importantly. There's it's so ingrained in the um, college experience and the you know the university in general. Um, you know, uh, Mike Shushevsky brought up an interesting point uh, a month or so ago. Uh, that he said, you know, everything stopped in March. And back then, March and April, we everything, no sports, everything cut off uh, because it was just too dangerous and we didn't understand. He said, but now when the numbers are worse, it's okay to play now? And I look at Ohio State uh, as, as the example there because they opted out. You know, the, the Big Ten was opting out, but Justin Fields in Ohio State said, no, no, we got to play because they knew they had a good team. And perhaps chance, uh, you know, a chance to win a national championship. But what at what expense are we going? Are we going to go ahead with the season? So when you say rose-colored glasses, you know that you know, as I say, that that's a perfect example because uh, you know we are so. I don't want to be blinded to everything else, but we are so enamored with our play on the field that you know this is why athletes are coming to schools. We want to play, and so if they don't have the opportunity to do that, someone has to fight for them. Yeah, but I do need to point out that Coach Krzyzewski said that after losing to Dude, Illinois right. by 15 points. <laughs> right. so, yeah, that's my point, too. Do you think it's sour grapes? <laughs> so I, I think if they, if they shot the ball a little better that night, maybe the pandemic wouldn't have been as bad. Okay, um, so if they were 4-0, you know. maybe his point of view would have been better. Oh, his point of view would have been completely changed okay yes i mean you know this is the first time i, I forgot he was coaching to be honest right I mean, <laughs> and no disrespect well, to coach k but i mean it's been a tough season for a lot of these guys and oh, yeah. um, it's whoever can make the adjustments i mean you know i felt bad for for mark few and the guys because last year's team was a 31 team who says they couldn't have won last year i mean the momentum has been building up mm -hmm. you know to this point but i do think like if we're gonna play let's play i do think it's a fine line between amateurism and, and professional right now, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. especially for some of the top programs that's being shoveled all across the, the country. And we know the TV deals are lucrative right now. I mean, so it is what it is. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm a fan. I'm competitive. So I'm saying let's go. I take the same risk going to Costco than I do to a game. It doesn't change. Maybe I see more people at Costco than I do you know, at the game, to be honest, with the, the way that um, <laughs> the six, I mean, the, the game management, I just want to put this on record, has been phenomenal. So I know we don't look, we look past that sometimes and how important that game management is, but every venue that I've been to that they have allowed fans to be there, the game management has been great. I mean, like I said, truly, I have more risk going to Costco, getting toilet paper right now than I do going to a game. And I know it sounds bad and it may sound a little tone deaf, but it's truly, it is truly the, the case. And I know a lot of people who don't, maybe don't, can't, can't get that or can't relate because they don't know what it takes to, to get a game going, you know, at a high level and all the, the pieces, all the moving pieces you have to have. But I'm telling you, when I stand in a line at Costco, I, I felt more threatened, you know, regarding my health because everywhere, everybody's everywhere. And it's not six feet, right, compared to when I've been going through the turnstiles at some of these venues um, that I've been able to go to this year. And, you know, I've been getting tested, but I don't get tested. I get tested more going to the venues leaving, you know, California, which is one of the worst states anyway, you know, coming back and forth than I would going to the grocery store. So I think, you know, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but if you're in this business, you understand exactly what I'm saying. Um, they're doing a great job minimizing the risk for everyone, you know, to, to be able to do this. So I think we need to give the game time management and, and, and some of our venues credit on how great they've been handling all of this. Uh, you know, I know it's, you know, in football, you see a lot more, you know, COVID cases, but it's a bigger roster, right? It's a lot of, a lot of things going on in football. That's, you know, it's more of a contact sport, you know, some of the, our normal uh, everyday uh, sports enthusiasts don't understand the high risk from each sport to sport regarding contact. So they don't get it when it hits the paper. So they, they don't understand the risk levels or, or changes from sport to sport as well. And we don't really report that. All we just report the positive cases. But it is a lot of universities doing a great job of not having so many positive cases. You know, so for you, Dan, and your, your you know, in your conference, I think 
you know, you guys have really been a gold standard of what you're doing, and it starts from the top down. It's your leadership. You know, um, I'm biased. He's my mentor. I, he's family to me. But it, even if he wasn't, it's, it's apparent that you're running a great business over there because high-level sports is a business. You know, um, I'm, I'm teaching my son that every day. You know, it's, you love the game, but it is it is a business, and you got to figure out how to enjoy both of them at the same time, you know, simultaneously. So how have your um, your game time management people been been doing during this time frame and, and some of the people who probably work in ticket sales and at the universities who are the end users in all of this, who, who can't take care of their family, who's waiting on these stimulus checks and need them rightfully so, you know, who may be on unemployment because I ran across cases where I had coaches you know, I've let them go because unemployment can pay them more than I can pay them right now if they're on a contract or if they just working with me part-time. So how have you handled some of those things, Dan? Well, we haven't played any games yet, so we haven't had any. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, you, I forgot that you had a chance. But, we, we, you know, we, we put together a manual of how everything's supposed to be handled, whether it be, you know, uh, before the event, during the event, how, how are the officials treated? What, 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 do, what do visiting teams have access to? What's, athletic training is a huge concern when it comes to actually competing. Right. Uh, who, who's allowed in the venue? Um, where are they allowed to be? What, how, how's the seating work? How's the bench structured? You know, the, the, some of the things that the, the big arenas can do are difficult to do in a college gym. Absolutely. And um, like – the NCAA made a strong recommendation that the scores table be on one side, the benches be on the other side. But, you know, in most of our gyms, you just can't just move where the scores table. No. <laughs> <Not at all. laughs> I mean, there's wires, there's plugs, and that, that's where they are, and that table's not going anywhere, you know. So, uh, so you have to move the benches, obviously, uh, which obviously restricts who else can be in the facility because you know you've got the benches are where the fans would usually be. Uh, so there's there's a lot of things that, that have changed um, in terms of how the when we play, how, how the games will look, how, what the experience will be, uh, you know, currently we're not allowing fans, uh, just because there was no in the smaller facilities. It's so difficult to separate. Uh, just it just would be very difficult for us to do it. So uh, I'm hoping that when we get to outdoor sports, that perhaps we can look at some type of friends and family type thing. Uh, right. Because every, everything we've seen is that the uh, the virus is much less contagious outdoors that it's really indoors where where it's a risk uh, so you know there's there's a there's a lot at play but uh, we're, we're just doing our best to to provide that safe environment and as you said it's it's, it's not so it's not just rolling the ball out and, and letting no. the kids play uh, there's, there's a lot that goes on to getting them there transportation is a huge issue if you're going to socially distance in the in the buses how many people are you able to fit into a bus? And what's yeah. that do to your, what's that do to your, you know, what's your travel party look like now? Because a bus that was a 40, 40 or 50 passenger bus is now a 15 passenger bus. So are you taking three buses to the game? Are you cutting back? You know, who goes? There's a lot of variables. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, um, <clears throat> Dan, as a conference with your athletic directors and presidents, how often are you having meetings with them? Is it once a week? Yeah, Too probably. Often. Probably. Is it once a week or twice a week? Or? No, 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 no. No, we we have been um, we've been on an every two week schedule with, with the ads and the presidents, uh, okay. usually alternating weeks. Uh, then we have the direct reports are are less frequent, uh, once a month, keeping them in. But uh, okay. And of course, as you know, there's. There's emails, et cetera, but. Uh, sure, sure. So, um, you know, for our listeners who don't necessarily know, the NCAA has three levels, division one, two, and three, and then there's an NAIA level. Are all three divisions of NCAA being handled the same way? In terms of testing requirements, uh, et cetera? The way yes. they're handling, yeah, the way they're handling the pandemic. Yeah. Are some conferences allowing fans while others aren't? Is it? Oh, no. Yeah, that, some of, there are some decisions that are strictly up to the conference or the institution, perhaps. Um, but in terms of the NCAA has not made any mandates regarding COVID. It has okay. made re, it has made recommendations. Okay. And if, 
what our lawyers say is that when your national governing body makes a recommendation, that that is fairly binding. So I, when they when they say it's a recommendation, it's it's a requirement, mm -hmm. uh, and the testing is not different um, by division. Testing is the same. Where it varies is by sport. The sports are ranked uh, from a high level contagion to minimal to to low. Uh, so the testing requirements are different in in those in sports depending on how they're tiered. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, <clears throat> Uh, switching gears just a little bit here, uh, your conference has 14 teams, seven have opted out as an example, um, and you wear so many hats. I know that recently uh, you were named to the NCAA Division II Men's Lacrosse Committee. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Tell us a little bit about what your responsibility is for that, because it, it says, you know, you've been named to the committee. Um, what Do you have a title now, and, and what do you oversee uh, operations or, or what what's your function um i don't i don't think i have a title uh because i haven't been told what it is if i do okay. have one right. um the the division two uh men's national lacrosse committee is a, it's a four-member committee in in division two lacrosse is divided into two regions uh the north and the south there's two representatives uh, to the committee from each each region so I'm, I'm one of two north representatives uh and we we're responsible uh for basically the championships you know how are they structured uh, what does we make decisions regarding um venues etc but in terms of, we're not involved in the rules there's a whole different committee that's a, a lacrosse rules committee we're basically um what's the championship look like um any issues that come up in terms of uh, particularly in, in this environment, you know, we had to reduce the, ch the tournament field uh, by almost every sport in Division Two is reduced by 25% in their tournament field. So th things like that. Um, but it, it's 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 fun because you you get to go to the uh, lacrosse national championship, which is a is all three divisions at the same site, uh, which is hmm. a great experience. Uh, usually, in it's. I think last year was in um, was in Philadelphia. It was in um, at Frank. Was it where did the Eagles play? But I forget the name of it. Lincoln Lincoln Financial. Oh, Lincoln Financial. Yeah, Lincoln Financial. Um, <clears throat> previously, it's been at Foxborough a number of times. This year, it happens to be here in Connecticut. It's at Rensselaer Stadium, which is the University of Connecticut football field. Uh, it's usually in the Northeast, but. Um, it's a it's a different type of thing where you have a you have the on uh, Saturday, I'm sorry on Friday you have the um, no on Saturday on Saturday you have the D1 semifinals on Sunday you have the D2 and D3 championship game and then on Monday which is Memorial Day you have the D1 championship game so it's really a great venue and a great event. Hmm. Uh, so okay, so uh, your your history suggests that uh, you have been. Very involved, of course, in basketball. Your halls of fame have a lot to do with basketball. How did you get involved with lacrosse, and when did that happen? <laughs> it's it's more about being a father than it is about being an athletic administrator. Um, my son is a, my son's seventeen. He's a high school lacrosse player, um, and to be honest, ten years ago I knew absolutely nothing about lacrosse. One day I was having a conversation with him. I said, Danny, do you ever think about, you know, going to college, what you might like to do? He said, Dad, I'm all set. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to play lacrosse. I said, lacrosse. I said, you've never played lacrosse. He says, yeah, but I'm going to. I said, oh. I said okay. Well, and we live in a town where there is no lacrosse. So I had to, I had to do some research and find, a, find a, a town, a neighboring town, fortunately, had a youth league. And we got him in that league, and he started playing it. And then um, – we started going to the national championship. Yeah, he'd been tearing it up too. I mean, and he's a, he's an awesome soccer player as well. I mean, he's, he's okay. He's yeah. Around it. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How old is he? Fourteen. Okay. 
I'll have, hey, hey, uh, Sean, we, I'll we, have, we, I'll we have already, Kevin get in touch. Let me yeah. tell you, <laughs> let me tell you, we even had Joey already contact his soccer coach. Like, we're trying okay. to get him on the West Coast, but I think he's, <laughs> I think he's going to stay close to home, though. He's going to stay close to yeah, home. Yeah, but you know what? If he comes and takes a trip to Irvine, as I've found with a lot of recruits and people who have signed some of the guys, that they don't go back. I've got guys, <laughs> I've got, I got a guy, I got a player from Idaho. I've got a few from Washington. They're like, coach, we're not going back there. So we, you're telling me that we got better beaches than the jersey shore is that what you're saying well, <laughs> he's in he's in the weather's good yeah. yeah tell me what what's the high there today dan it was 26 when i got up <laughs> right know that. if you reverse those numbers you'll start to get close is that hey listen when i when i met dan on the plane i think we jumped on the plane i think it was negative four uh, <laughs> i remember looking at that we were good we were heading to florida you know so oh, right you know but it was negative four i was like what i've never seen negative four in so long like i was shocked i didn't even want to go outside trust me absolutely and, um, i mean hey we could do the sales pitch you know irvine's I mean, the listen, safest city I mean, in the nation it we're is right next to the beaches we got a world fifty days of sunshine yeah <laughs> world-class education I, hey what's yep. his number let me let me call him hey he got call kevin treatment too don't i'll have kevin add that in there Kevin uh, Adebejo, who is our lacrosse coach, we'll have, we have to get him in touch. Yeah, we're so, trying to get lacrosse out here, Dan. Yeah. We, we're, we're doing a hard, you know, pitch to try to make that happen. But, of course, you know, it hasn't really migrated as much as we would like to out here. But I think we're on the tip of the spear on making that happen. I think we keep pushing it. I think that'll grow lacrosse, you know, tremendously. Yeah. It's a great sport. I, like I touched upon before, I knew nothing about it. And uh, he started playing it. I, I picked up a little bit. He would explain things to me, and then you watch it. And actually, it's very similar to basketball. The offensive, the offensive part of it is basketball. It's it's pick and roll. It's give and go. It's screen away. It's it's what you would do in, a, in your typical basketball offense. What you do in lacrosse. It's just wow. obviously, you got helmets and sticks. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. changes the dynamic a little bit. But, and yeah. I knew the the participants for women and men are different. And in, in, uh, how many? actual place for for women and men i think what well, it's more is what like nine for women or i know they play it's a different uh um, yeah, the men are 10 10 you said and so i think the the women are yeah. like nine or something like that yeah the sports are totally different completely different men men's lacrosse has a significant physical component to it and women's lacrosse is uh hands off no no contact uh there's actually a foul called in women's lacrosse called the shooting path foul, which means that you as a defensive player stepped in between the shooter and the goal, wow. which in most sports, is, which in most sports is considered good defense. That's right. defense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, they're different sports. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to trying to grow that out here in California. So that's, that'll be awesome. Yeah. We've worked on it. We only had, we've only had it as a conference uh, for the last two years. Well, it's, this would have been our third year uh, this past spring. And it, it's really, it's been great. We, we started, we had four or five teams and we ran a championship anyway, just because I wanted to try to get, get people's appetite wet for it. Um, and now we're up to seven and uh, seem, seem to be growing. I think if, if it wasn't for the, the virus currently, I think we, we may have more teams already, but obviously it's a, right now it's a difficult time to be adding sports. Yes, man, tough, tough time. Have, yeah. Hey, Dan, have any of the universities in your conference contracted sports? Mm, yeah, we, we had one school drop women's tennis, but I, I can't say that that would be uh, virus-related. I think they were just really struggling. Okay, because, you know, we see that frequently. Stanford University, you yeah. know, dropped 11 sports. Now, they weren't necessarily the mainstream sports, like, you know, maybe rowing and right. a few others. But, you know, we, we found on the West Coast in particular, as Sean had alluded to, California is struggling with the pandemic. And a lot of universities, big name D1 universities are dropping sports. Boise State cut out baseball. It, it you know, cut right to my heart when I, when I read that. Um, there are plenty of others that are, are cutting out major yep. sports as well, not just the, you know, not, not so many of the mainstream. But um, you, haven't, you haven't found that to be true in your conference. No, I think, I think it, it goes to where – Athletics is in the mission of the institution. Like for a lot of our schools, um, athletics is not an expense; it's a revenue center because they're they're partial partial scholarship kids for the most part right. uh, in almost every sport except basketball. And 
So they're generating revenue. They're, they've got students in the residence halls who are paying room and board. Um, so they, they don't necessarily save money by dropping sports. If you look at what at Stanford, where perhaps a significant number of those student athletes are on full scholarships or significant scholarships, yeah. um, the travel that's involved because they're, tra they're flying to events, et cetera. Uh, whereas, you know, for us, um, we, we have nobody farther than three and a half hours hmm. from campus to campus. And, and that's, so that's great. I mean, it's easier to get around. Um, <clears throat> so, I, you know, athletics is a, it is viewed as uh, a revenue generator, a student development tool. So it's, it's less likely that, that those sports would, would be dropped. It's more likely that people will be adding as soon as we can get, get people visiting. Do you think campuses again? What, do you have any idea, a timeline of when things are going to start going? I mean, I know we all hope that it's sooner rather than later. What is your best yeah. estimate when you think things are going to maybe start returning to a little bit normal? I don't want to say normal, but, you know, what we, what we had where we were thriving. Do you have any idea what you're thinking? I'm thinking next fall. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking fall, fall, fall 21. Uh, there's a good possibility, well, a better than even possibility, I'll give you that. Okay. 51% possibility that things will be where we have regular competition, full schedules, fans at games, uh, mm -hmm. but obviously it'll be, it won't be like it was before, uh, probably for quite a while. Sure. Whether it's, whether it's for legitimate health and safety reasons or just because of fear. I, I don't think that we'll necessarily see uh, you know, pack stands and that type of thing. Okay. Do you have to separate your sports into the categories of high risk, medium risk, lower risk, like the where the amount of contact is taking place during the pace of, during normal play? That's so much contact. It's a uh, it's it's the proximity of the athletes. Okay. Uh, so there's really not. There's not any real. There's not a sport that has significant sustained contact. You know, it's it's more like basketball is high risk because they're they're in a very close environment. You know, the court's ninety four by fifty. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas you get outside, you're on a, a soccer field and it's it's one twenty by eighty, hundred twenty mm -hmm. yards by eighty. I mean, it's a there's more space. But um, yeah, we have we have divided the sports just as the NCAA did. Um, into risk categories, but it's a lot of it. A lot of the, the the transmission risk isn't necessarily in the actual competition. Like in cross country, obviously for the most part they're separated. But when the race starts, they're very close. You know, track and field, indoor track and field, when they're when they're competing, they're not necessarily very close together. But everybody's jammed into that infield. You know, when you're uh, in, in between events and you know how do you, you can't keep them separated there like we touched upon before travel is a significant issue mm -hmm. uh, you know we had there's a case of uh, in the rocky mountain athletic conference they had a real problem across country with a significant contamination rate uh because the schools were you know you may have six or seven runners on your cross country team and they were putting them in a van and off they went and one kid was positive and at the, by the end of the day, everybody was positive. Sure, sure. It was the travel. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the competition. It was the travel. Mm -hmm. Do you, does your conference and or your state have a mask mandate currently? Well, we actually have mandated volleyball be played with masks on. Okay. That was a, I was going to ask, not necessarily about each yeah. individual sport, yeah. but are there sports that you have mandated they have yeah, to we have, have a mask? In, in, our, in our COVID operations manual, you, you need to wear your mask on the sidelines at all times. You mean uh, every sport? On the sideline, every sport, yes. Okay. On the sideline. So basically uh, team, team sports in, in particular. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, we haven't touched upon golf. Right. That, I was thinking that was the first and only sport that came to my mind was golf. Yeah. Uh, we have – golf for us is a fall sport. Um, we're going to try to have it. We're going to try to have it in the spring. Uh, but – well, we ha we haven't really drilled down too deep on that, but yeah, we 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 have uh, some pretty strong mandates in terms of how the what the benches are supposed to look like, how the what the athletes do, what the coaches do. Sure. 
Okay. Hmm. And so many more things to think about. And, and we'll just have to be reactive and see how it all unfolds and make some decisions along the way. Yeah. Read and react. Right, coach? That's the only way to do it. You know, some of this, hey, some of these things um, that I've learned, you know, during this pandemic, you know, far as uh, digital or virtual are, are things that I'm going to keep going no matter what. I mean, I think we're stumbled on some great things. I mean, you know, far as recruiting and different tools that coaches can have when they're out, you know, playing games on the road, you know, you can still recruit effectively through Zoom and, and different things of that nature. So I think there are some silver linings, if you can say it, you know, um, you know, without being disrespectful from this pandemic that I think operationally we can be better in some areas. So, you know, that's the only thing I'm thankful for is some of the exposure or, or having to get into some arenas that we didn't, you know, beforehand. Uh, have you seen anything from a conference standpoint that you said, man, you know what, maybe we'll keep this because it is more effective? Well, I, th I think our, what we're doing right now, Zoom is a huge, I think, addition to our, our toolkit uh, because you, it's, con you know, conference calls are really counterproductive. Yeah. Not, you know, you just – staring at your wall trying to figure out what people are really thinking whereas yeah. you know, at least you, 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 you see the faces uh, so I, I think this is something that um, will keep I, I firmly believe in the benefit of, inter, of real face-to-face -face interaction in terms of maintaining uh, right. a strong sense of self in it with the groups uh, but in terms of you know in between those face-to-face -face meetings I think zoom is a great addition right. No, I, I agree too. And we've been doing some virtual tours that's been, you know, of our campuses and, and, yeah. and given that experience, I think we've touched more student athletes that way than what yeah. we would traditionally. Well, I, I actually took my son on a campus visit yesterday. Okay. How was it? It was, it was good. The coach was great. Um, but you know, the, the issue is, because I, I thought about this afterwards, you know, we didn't, we, we only met the coach, right? right. Because, social distancing um there's you know usually you go you get to know some of the kids on the team you build yep. up some type of rapport. rapport maybe now now with social media you're you're texting or snapchatting or whatever it might be and you, and you build up a connection and go, i you know I, I can be comfortable here whereas you know now we we know what the campus looks like we know the coach is a nice guy but there's that the, the bells and whistles are missing yeah absolutely you know? You don't really understand. You only have his view of the culture, as you know. Coaches' views of the cultures are not always no, <laughs> the student not at all. Unit. No, not at all. And I think you need the, to get that student athlete interaction because, um, in that way, you know, especially with your background and and you know your discernment, you'll be able to tell if that culture that culture resonates through through everybody in the organization. Yeah. So not yeah. having that interaction. It is it, yeah, it, it's, it makes it tough. I, I don't know if you can get a real good sense of it. You know, we, we pray I don't know how you can. Yeah, you, it's, it's hard to do. Because, you know, I think you really learn things in a less structured environment when you're on a campus. Yes. And the, with the pandemic, everything is really very structured. Yep. You know, and monitored and you can only do this and that. Uh, you know, so so now we know that they've got new weight room. They've got nice, beautiful, lighted turf field that's a couple of years old. Coach's a good guy, but you know that's that's we don't know it. the dynamics. Don't know the yeah. dynamics, right? Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. Um, that that is going to be something that's going to be very difficult moving forward. I always say that, especially when you know now with our recruiting, you, you know you hope you have the right guy, but tape is not always going to tell you if you got the right guy. And then sometimes tape is misleading as well. You know, I spent 10 years in asset protection um, for Target, corporate, you know, asset protection. And we can look at video all day long and it can tell one story. But when you actually speak to people, then you realize that their mannerisms that you've seen on tape wasn't telling the story of what was actually happening. And I think, you know, in recruiting, that's the same way as well. Like, um, we can look at the numbers and statistics, but if we cannot talk to people who can validate what we think we're seeing, right, then we might be another um, uh, misread on an eyewitness, you know, report, you know, how many people. 
and you're at you're at the mercy of what the student athlete or their parents want to show you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I used to say, I'd get a tape and I said, "Did they ever miss a shot?" Yeah, no. You know, I, I just watched two hours of made shot of made shots. I would like I like to see what happens when they miss. Yeah, I was thinking the I was thinking the same thing last night. I was looking at some clips of of Dom and you would think he had a great game <laughs> last night and you know he was struggling I mean he did some great things right but but that full tape you know he he was he was struggling on some things and but uh we're in this uh, microwave environment now right culture where um we we can't tell the substance in, in some of these uh with the technology right now you know um but um, I, I agree. I, I hope we can get back to a point to where um, we're better than where we were beforehand. But some things is just we got to jump out the, the airplane and build a parachute on the way down. It's just it's no way of getting around it. Right. It's just and, and, and some things, you know, I'm blowing up in my athletic department because maybe we shouldn't have been doing that. And, and now I had to do it differently. And I'm like, man, that wasn't a great decision. It felt like a good decision when I when I started it, but um, you know, so I'm doing a whole lot of things from a corporate perspective. Um, it's this one um, exercise. It's called stop, start, and continue. You know, things you know you want to start doing, things you need to stop doing, and and things you want to continue to do. So that's kind of the lens I've been looking at um, for the last six months in the athletic department moving forward in 2021. And hopefully, you know, you get the pulse of the team and you get great feedback because I believe, you know, you're still a coach. You only get – you can run a great play, but if the if your players are not telling you what's actually happening on the on, on the court or in the field of play, uh, you, you can't make those adjustments the way you should. So I'm hoping that the coaches can give me great feedback so I can, in, you know, in turn change and implement some things differently. Um, but we're we're only good as the real information we can gather, and and that takes everyone being honest. You know, and the self evaluation piece is really really hard, uh, Dan. As you know, like for for people to to do, if if, if we could self evaluate ourselves first, then we can probably get a good pathway of where we should be. But everyone's hiding something in every university, right? You know, that that skeleton in their closet that they don't want exposed. Um, but until we are willing to expose a little bit of that, then we can move forward as a conference. That's why I'm so uh, uh, amazed of how great you've been doing it and how long you've been doing it because you really got to do some investigating reporting to make sure uh, the things you're implementing in your conference actually come to fruition. Yep. Got to do a lot of salesmanship. Yes, yes. <clears throat> no, a lot of salesmanship. You got to you got to convince them why that thing they didn't want to do is what they really, really wanted to do all along. Right, right. Yeah, and um, we're, we're still going to have our ceremonial basketball game between me and uh, Shermet. He's, oh, wait, wait, wait. It, it's ceremonial now? Yeah, it, it no, is. No, it's not just ceremonial. You know, because here's the deal. I'm I'm playing to win, Dan. Just want to let you know. But, so then it's not but, ceremonial. See, no, no. Ceremonial well, going through the well, motion. Well, but well, you just well, said you're playing to win. I am playing the way. Well, so of here, course. Here's the deal. He's been ducking me, Dan. So I was going to put that on record. <laughs> oh, um, my gosh. He makes oh. more excuses than anyone I know. I have said and, over and over, you name the time and the place, I will bring the ball. But, but Dan, here's I'm the not deal. ducking anybody. When, when you, we got to bring you out to, to California for this thing. Sure. And, um, you know, and I want you to ref it up, but. But but it's gonna be bush league. I'm here to tell you. I'm throwing elbows. I want to go on record, let you know right now. I'm controlling the paint. There's no way in the world that he's gonna get a rebound on me. I, I'm one one elbow to the ribs. I think is is acceptable during this kind of competition here. Mm -hmm. And um, he's been doing a lot of uh, chatter. He's been really talking a big game, Dan. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I can't wait to put it on him. I, I think so, I got him by like 75 pounds. See, so maybe 100 after this let, let me, Yeah, let me ask you. <laughs> let me ask you Cardio about those. might be an issue. Are those, are those wait a minute, are those beef or pork ribs? <laughs> do, <laughs> do they have barbecue sauce? Listen, you're talking about a different type of ribs. Hey, I the know only thing that I'm requesting on the sideline is oxygen. <laughs> 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 no, we might I need a just, paramedic there. I, I, oh, they got to be there, AD every day. But I'm definitely going to need a little bit more oxygen. I can really tell you that. Okay, my hey, cardio suspect yeah. right now. 
Dan, I, I got to tell you, you know what, we, we have a little bit more time. If you can stay with us, I got to ask you one last thing in particular. Um, now, I know you're also overseeing the Sprint Football League. You're still doing that, correct? I am. Okay. Yep. Is, is that in operation or is everything shut down right now? Uh, well, we're not competing. We're in operation, but we're not okay. competing right now. Okay. Um, we're, we're hoping, we're thinking that um, we'll have some sort of competition in the spring. It's a question of who wants to play, uh, what do they want, how many games do they want to play. It, it may be a situation where uh, we have – there's nine schools in the league. It may be a situation where uh, four or five of them want to compete, but some may want to play more games than others. Uh, so, you know, the schedule may – it may not be a balanced schedule. It may not be a champion. Uh, but – but we're hoping we have the ability to provide some type of uh, competition for for them in the spring. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, I it's hard to keep up with you. I'm I'm reading your list of accolades, and it would take an entire podcast just to go through all of them. Not just but... one. Probably like our as many as we already had this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? As an example, you were named NJCAA New England Women's Basketball Coach of the Year nine times colonial mm. states athletic conference coach of the year six times don't know what happened why it was only six njcaa district coach of the year three times and converse district one coach of the year in 1994 and that's just in basketball uh you also coached softball didn't you i did yeah <laughs> and you and you led mitchell to the conference championship in the seasons of 1990 and 91 is uh is there anything left for you to do Retire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I, I don't see that. Listen to those years. Listen to those years you were just rattling off. I know, I know, but I don't see you retiring anytime soon. Do you, no, I know, uh, I know it's on the horizon, but you have a lot left to accomplish. He's right? a young pup. He's not retiring anytime soon. Yeah, he can't I, get I enough so. of this. He can't get enough of this. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm telling you, I'm just glad to be uh, holding on to your your coattails, and you know, during all this and witnessing this, but you know. First and foremost, I mean, those accolades are all accurate, accurate and, and and really do represent everything you're about. But more importantly, I just want the, the listeners to know you're a great man, you know, and um, I appreciate your, your friendship and, and your honesty and, and your humor. But you, you're just a um, top notch, uh, you know, human being. And, and we don't get a chance to meet many people like that. So relationships are are really huge, um, huge for me. And I think as you get older, they just become more valuable, and you understand it. But but Dan, you you're you're you're, you're class personified, man. And and um, so those accolades accolades you got are, are are really just represent you know who you are. Really, I, I I think you know greatness is just on some people, and you own it right now. So thank you for uh, expanding athletics and and everything you've done there. But just for being a great human being. You know, so thank you. You know, I'm, it's a pleasure for me knowing you and and calling you a friend and family, and it's just it's just awesome to 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 hear your 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 impact that you've been doing in so many lives that countless that we can't even um, quantify. You know, like just you know people that's been a part of your leadership under your leadership and things you have stored it just in athletics, but this is just who you are as a human being. You know, like I said. Uh, you know, just our casual conversation is just turned into a great, you know, friendship. And, you know, for me, like, I wouldn't be sitting here right now doing this athletics if you didn't take the time and um, share your thoughts and views. It, it wouldn't have happened. It's no doubt about it in my mind because I was just going to chill out and uh, you just be, you know, do my thing, but just be a dad and just go across every everywhere and, and then – you know, I think about it all the time. Um, if if I didn't listen to what you was telling me, you know, how many people maybe I would have cheated in this process now, you know, almost two years in this game. And now, you know, having, what, 20, 30 athletes to 450, I think we got now. And all the coaches that we have now, like 40 of them or probably 50 with our part-time coaches, like none of this happens, you know, um, without that one conversation. So when you're talking about inspiring people to uh, dig deep and see things from a different um, perspective, um, you've done that for me and, and you have changed my life. And I'm completely uh, appreciative of that. 
you know. Um, so I just want just to tell you how much I care for you and how much I'm thankful that uh, you would just just reach out without anything in return and, um, you know, impart that wisdom to me. And I, and I thank myself every day that I wasn't dumb enough. You know, I was, I was listening, you know, because sometimes you can get a great message and you don't hear it. So, um, and I'm normally stupid, you know, pretty much every day. But, but that day I had a little sense, you know, and um, I'm thankful for that. And I appreciate that, Dan. Thank you so much for that. I, I didn't help you do anything that you weren't perfectly capable of doing all along. You know, you you all you always have that. You've got a great gift. You're a leader. You, I mean, you're you're perfect for the job that you're in. I could see that. That's why I did, I did, I wanted to help athletics all over the West Coast by by having that conversation with you. You know, well, but it, I have to tell you, you posted a picture the other day, and you had your hoop hall hat on. That, that I hat, did. Yes. Right. And I looked at that and I said, "That's a hat he had on." When he was getting on the plane yes right and then i i thought to myself that hat if, if he didn't have that hat on we never would have had a conversation right because right? we were in that was was that southwest or was it yeah was i think it was southwest yeah southwest, so. right because we had yeah. we're in those lines right you, right so you and i you, we walked by and you had the hat on and i said oh I, w- I was at the game but we had the, and then it right. turned out you were sitting across the aisle right. right but if you hadn't had the hat on this is how this is how our lives change on what appears to be an insignificant thing. If you right. had, if if you had been used to the cold and weren't wearing a knit hat inside, right, <laughs> right, absolutely. We we never we never would have had any conversation. None of this would have none of this would have happened. So no. Yeah, hey. like, so Dan, this is all your fault. All, <laughs> yeah. Every everything yep. in the last two years is on you. Oh yeah. my! You gosh. have no idea how many things I've screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. It's funny. Yep. Well, well, Dan, it's been great to have you back. Again, when we get this basketball game together, whenever that is, you certainly have an open invitation. We'd love to see you. And you might even, hey, you know, somewhere along the line, when all of this turns around, maybe we'll have you back on the podcast. You come back again? Sure. Yeah, well, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I know we're going to have him back on the podcast. Number one, he's family. And number two, he can't stop accomplishing things. So he's always going to be in the arena of doing the first or being the first of something. And and that's always the inspiration because whenever you can continue to duplicate yourself and, 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 and get, you know, others involved and, and, and be happy at, you know, um, not just being content of where you are. So Dan, I mean, I, I just definitely want to uh, still bottle you up and, and get some of that juice of how your work ethic is tremendous. You know, it's just, but we, we definitely going to have you out in California and um, we're going to figure out the, a way to make it uh, to uh, just a vacation for you. I know you like Anaheim out here, you know, whenever you get a chance to come out and um, we'll get you on some of these great beaches that we've been talking about um, and, and get you, but you, but you're always a part of the family and, and and make sure you have a eulogy uh, together for, for, for Dave, because I'm really going to put it on him. I'm really going to put it. I didn't want to mention this to to coach before, to coach Dave before, but, when you refer to it as ceremonial, what you meant is that it's his funeral. Yes, yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You, you like, know, you, you talk a I good game. A lot, <laughs> lot of trash talk, man. This is going to be like Isaiah and Larry Bird. I hey, swear. listen, we're selling tickets, too. We're, this might even go – I mean, we might have to stream this, too, as, as a matter of fact. We need this as a fundraiser. Oh, uh, you well. know, bring it on. Hey, and, Dan, when, here's what we're going to do. When you come out – Bring your son, and we'll call it a, a recruiting trip. So we'll make it official. And you just happen to be here at the same time of the basketball game. All right. I can do that. I'll, I'll bring my whistle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, you're not getting no calls either, Coach. So I just want to let you know right yeah, now. I'm, really? not saying that that, I'm not saying it's stacked against you, but you're not getting any calls. Okay. I, I don't know that we need – you know what? Let's not even use a referee. Let's just, let's just roughhouse it. Let's just go. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rucker Park style. Fouls. We want to go Rucker Park style. Okay. I don't, I don't call fouls. Anything goes. Oh, okay. So run me over. You run me over. I played a couple playgrounds where, you know, if you wasn't bleeding, it wasn't a foul. I'm I'm not, I'm not opposed to those rules. Absolutely. No harm, no foul. I just got to make sure you have your insurance card ready though. Okay. I have that. I have that. (laughs) I get that through the university. So I'm ready to go. Yeah, We need to up that plan though. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Okay. Hey, Dan, again, it was a total pleasure. Stay warm, okay? Stay safe. And as we always say, stay positive and test negative. Great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Always great seeing you guys.
Thanks Always so much. You, you be well for the new year. Take care of yourself. All right. Thank uh, you, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Always good to talk to you, Dan. I'll make sure talk I call you. Coach. All right. Love you. Be safe out there. And as always, I would like to thank my guest host, our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yay, yay. And the gentleman who makes us sound good each and every time we do podcasts, that is Brandon Peterson, our sound engineer. Beep, 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 beep. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you download your podcast and please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get the word out about Westcliff Athletics and we thank you for your support. And keep an eye out for the next podcast. About pre rolls, dark hair, she look like she go. She do hometown hero, feeling myself, can't murder my ego. She heard of my deep stroke, she said, Babe, does it hurt when I throw? Certified freak, hang around dust, and she learning my lingo. Back then, wasn't worried about me though. In the gym, trying to work on my free throw. Damn, spending money at the club like Sam's. Yes, ma'am. She a little freak on cam, but she don't put this on the ground. Little boys trying to diss on the ground. Hey, I can't switch on the fan. It's how I hit the switch on the fan. This where my head is. I feel resentment from every direction. Even some homies be wearing expressions. I be discouraged from sharing my blessings. We used to share a connection. Now it just feels like it's wearing and stretching. I'm getting real sick of taking advice from people that never could stare at reflection.